This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Everyone, it's Christian Fuchs here. I would like to say a big thank you to our fans and keep having our back for the upcoming Premier League season as well as the Europa League. Keep watching Leicester Fan TV. They have the latest news and they keep you up to date on LeicesterFanTV.com. So stay tuned and thanks for your support. Evening all. How the devil are we? Welcome to Wednesday night, The Fox's Tales. It's not Tom tonight. It's me, Jamie, from Sunday Morning Show. Unfortunately, you've got me. Tonight, we have got uh, Barry Pierpoint, the uh, ex-chief executive from the 90s, and Gary Mills, who played for us for, oh, I think about six years, and he played 232 games and scored 17 goals. So I think we better get started. Welcome to Leicester Fan TV. With special thanks to our pals at ABT Taxis, Eatney, Piglet's Pantry, Tiger, Leicester Garage Conversions, Pink Vehicle Leasing, Hologram, The Fox's Arms, Moyer Weight Interiors, and our chosen charity, Memphis UK. We bring you the fans' views on the match each week, and your views matter to us. Join the fans' debate each match with us. Follow us at Leicester Fan TV. Good evening again. Hope you're well on this lovely Wednesday night. Uh, like I say, we've got uh, Barry Pierpoint and Gary Mills, and we've also got Barry's uh, co-writer of his book, uh, Matthew Mann, coming on a little bit later. First of all, we'll bring uh, Barry and... Evening, Barry. How are you? Oh, good evening. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm fine. And we'll bring Gary in as well. How are you, Gary? How are you? Are you good? He's always good. <clears throat> good evening. He's... Oh. Evening, how the devil are we? Are you good there in uh, where, where is it? Nottingham, aren't you now, Gary? Good, thank you. Am I in the picture there? Definitely in the picture. Oh, you, need to, you need to move over the, no, the other way, the other way. That's it. That's it. That's it. So, where, where are you now? Where are you now, Gary? Are you still living in uh, are you, are you in Nottingham or are you in Leicester now? Yeah, living in living in Nottingham. Uh, moved up when I was 16 and met uh. My wife Sue, and uh, I've been living here ever since. 
Oh, oh, so you never moved to Leicester then when you came to Leicester? You stayed in Nottingham? Stayed in Nottingham. Uh, I lived the A46, so it only used to take me 30 minutes. So it was perfect, really. Just um, two minutes from the A46 and straight down there to, to the training ground. Oh, that's all right. That was nice and easy for you. So when, when you signed, David Pleat signed you, didn't he? I've got that right. What made you leave Notts County to come to Leicester? Was it something David Pleat said to you that made you come? That's, an, that's, that's the easiest question of the night, hopefully. Um, <laughs> no, I, no. <laughs> um, no, look, you know, I, I moved from Not Nottingham Forest to Notts County and, you know, I had a, a year and a half there. Um, I won player of the year my first year at Notts County. We... I sort of went there down to the, the third division with a with Gary Bertles and the likes of Jeff Pike and Paul Hart and the plan was to go through the leagues. That didn't happen. Um, and I, I was just getting a bit frustrated, you know. I knew I could go and play higher higher leagues and um, Leicester came in um, and that was it really, you know, chat with David Pleat um, and there was no no from it so uh fantastic i mean it didn't i mean the first i mean i remember being i remember being at this game i know it wasn't the first it wasn't the end of your first season it was the end of the second season against oxford uh the game against yeah. oxford when we had to win i mean that was some game the atmosphere there was unbelievable i mean that wasn't what you thought coming to leicester was going to be like surely going against relegation <clears throat> Well, look, you know, Leicester, obviously I knew a lot about Leicester. I actually went to Leicester um, as a schoolboy on on trial and um, along with Nottingham Forest. Uh, and I chose I chose Forest. Um, and then I got my chance to come, come to Leicester. And, you know, it's a, it's a great time for me. The grey hairs, you see, was from that game against Oxford that day. <laughs> um, oh, I, remember, I remember being in that crowd. And it was the atmosphere was unbelievable. It was when the, everyone had the old transistor radios plugged into their ears, and all the scores were coming around. Everyone did. Did you actually know what the score was from the I think West Brom, Bristol Rovers game? Was it? I think it was. Did you know the score? West Brom, West West Brom were away to uh, Bristol Rovers, um, yeah. and my good mate from Notts County, Devon White, equalised in the I think it was a seventy eighth minute. For uh, for Bristol Rovers, um, obviously I didn't know that at the time, but yeah, we was getting all sorts of messages from the side of the pitch, and every time I was going to take a throw or going going near the fans, you know, they were saying this is the score, and then you was hearing another score, so you didn't really know what was happening, um, you know. But it was out of our hands. That was the, that was the worst bit. It was out of our hands, you know. Um, it was a case we had to win and hope that, that West Brom didn't win, and that was the case, and. You know, I've said many, many times when I've had interviews about my time at Leicester that, that for me, during my career, and certainly for Leicester City, that was one of the most important games, certainly then, um, for, for the football club. Until che until Chelsea played Spurs about four years ago, that was the bigger, that was been the biggest game since. <laughs> Do what one, sorry. When Chelsea played Spurs about four years ago, that was the biggest game in Leicester's history, just recently. Oh, right. In the last four years. <laughs> so then, Barry, you're, it, then you came to the club the, uh, in that summer, didn't you? After the Oxford game, 
I you came, came on. With... Uh, I came in April 1991. I oh, you came in the April, and I did. You came as um, was it the first director of marketing you were there as? I was the first director of marketing for the football club and one of the first director of marketing in professional football. And were you were you just asked to do that, or did you have to apply for it? Because if it was the first ever, what? How did it come about? I think the club realised that they needed to take their business side forward. I mean, the commercial activities of Leicester City Football Club when I arrived there were very non-existent or what little bit they had wasn't doing very well and wasn't doing very much. And so really they wanted somebody to come in uh, with a marketing brain and a business brain and develop the off-the-field activities with a view to generating a lot more revenue and more profitability and that profitability and revenue will then be fed into the football team to buy more players that's the general idea of any commercial operation i mean you were there for the birth of philbert fox which i much appreciated because i actually love philbert fox i think he's fantastic my mate actually won the naming of the comp naming of philbert fox he put one of the entries in as philbert fox and his name got pulled out of tony pierce he's, le he's lived that up to the day that he says he actually named him even though there was probably about a thousand people in the envelope in the drawer, but his name got pulled out. So you were there for there. You were there for the family night football, Fox Leisure as well, and the Carling stand. Did you just wake up one morning and think, "Oh right, let's have family night football," or was it a discussion with the club, or was it just off the top of your head that you thought of that? Well, I'm not taking any credit for family night football because that was um, the reserve team games, and Gary knows about reserve team games. There was no real fans there. There's probably a handful of fans there, and. One of my colleagues, chap called Richard Hughes, who worked with me, Richard was responsible for the business development side, working alongside me. He he had investigated and researched other types of sport where they had lots of entertainment and generated more families to the um, to, to the game. And he came up with the idea of family night football, turning a reserve team game into something more than just 22 people on a field kicking a ball up and down the field. And basically, we, we spoke with Brian Little, and it was, you know Brian was a team manager at the time, and obviously we just didn't do what, what we liked. We had a discussion with Brian, explained the concept behind family night football, bringing people in, like young, young kids who were all Manchester United and Liverpool and Chelsea supporters wearing all their shirts. And I, and I thought, just, oh, it's about time they start wearing Leicester City Football Club shirts and supporting their own club in their own, own city. And basically, family night football was created to bring families to reserve team games with a lot more uh, entertainment and a lot more sort of interest. And the players appreciated it because they had crowds there. I mean, we had two, three, four, five, six thousand people. And the Manchester United game, and there's about 15,000, I think it was more than that particular game, than they did on the, on the main sort of first team match. You know, I remember that, that game. I, went to the, I took the kids to the Family Night Football. And normally there was five or four or five thousand, and then the Man U and the Liverpool games there seemed to be, I don't know, fifteen, sixteen thousand. It was it was absolutely unbelievable seeing seeing that much there for a reserve team game. So it was it was it was pretty damn good taking the kids there because the kids couldn't go to the first team games. You didn't feel safe enough to go. But the family night football I thought was absolutely fantastic. But the entertainment for the kids I thought it was brilliant. It really was. 
Well, it was it was designed to bring youngsters in at an early age to come and watch football, get involved, and then hopefully carry on watching the first team as they get older. And it was also an opportunity for them to be for the mum and dads to come down. I mean, mums used to come down and do the knitting, and dads used to you know sit there watching the game and the, the kids. And the general idea was families bringing together in football reserve team players who were either injured or, or up and coming uh, players were playing in reserve team matches had an audience and that audience created uh, an atmosphere and that atmosphere helped those players to play better and you know you talk to any of the players in in that and Gary will know because did you play in family like football Gary at all in the reserve teams yeah on occasion I did yes yeah what did you think of it absolutely superb absolutely superb you know it's um it just took off. It was it was a fantastic idea, and you know it's uh, and like you said for the youngsters uh, to get involved with the football and see what it was all about to sort of then move on to um, you know to the first team. So it, it was a fantastic idea, Barry. Just one of yours, mate. Just one. <laughs> see, well, at the end of that first, <laughs> the end of that first season, we got to the playoff finals, didn't we, against Blackburn? And the first question I'm going to ask you, Gary, which I've asked everyone from that time, dive or Penalty. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, for me, dive. Um, but you yeah. know, it, it, it's one of those. I mean, it, uh, it it was a heartbreaking day for us, you know. But um, to to lose to lose to to that penalty was was difficult for us. Uh, but little did we know if we had a crystal ball, you know what. What was what was going to happen over the next two or three seasons, and it was just really a, a step towards what we what we're progressing to do. Really, you know, say we didn't know we was going to go back there the following year, and then back there the the, the following year again to to eventually get promoted. But you know, all, all that helps you towards going to make that happen. Um, the Blackburn, you know, you go there. A lot of people never been to Wembley before to play. Um, to go there once and then twice and then the third time, then certainly, certainly for the nerves and know what it's all about, certainly helped. Um, but yeah. you know, it was a it was a game we could have won. You know, we had chances, we had chances. Um, but obviously Blackburn throwing a lot of money around, and you know, it was the start for them. And obviously they went when I won it a couple of years ago, a couple of years after that. Uh, but you know, it was a a great day, really, a great day. Just the Start. And from because we had Gary Coatsworth on, um, and he he was he played in the derby f- the final, and he said he walked out, and that's the last thing he could remember. He couldn't remember anything about the game. All he could remember was walking out and hearing the roar of the crowd. Could you? Could, yeah. Do you remember the game against Blackburn quite easily, or was that the same kind of thing? Or is Gary yeah. Coatsworth just being is his normal self? <laughs> well, probably Gary's just being his normal self. But, <laughs> I'll answer your question. Yeah, I, I can. I can actually. You know, I've been I've been lucky enough, uh, playing wise and manager wise now, ten times to go to Wembley for different reasons, and it's it's a fantastic place to go and, and play. But you've got to win. You've got to win. Um, it, it's heartbreaking if you don't. And you know that day against Blackburn, it was heartbreaking. Uh, and to go the following year, Swindon, even worse. You know. Um, I'm an emotional man anyway, so there was there was many a tear from me. Uh, it was it was heartbreaking, not only to lose to Blackburn to but to Swindon and um but 
it was just like I say, um, the way we were playing at, at Leicester and what was happening, there was such a belief in that team, uh, such a great team, the, the grinders as we called ourselves, and you know we believed we could go and win, win any game, um, and eventually got the club to where, where it should be, and that's in the Premier. And from behind the scenes, Barry, what was it like behind the scenes, being so close to relegation the year before, to actually getting to Wembley? What was it like behind the scenes? It must have been mayhem and chaos towards the end of like April and May, building up to the final. Well, I came I came in the April and I wasn't sure whether we were going to be still in that division or we, we dropped down. And because I only just joined the club in, in the, the April time. And of course, a few weeks later, we were sort of scrambling for our lives. I think... I think um, to be fair, the team and Brian Little were, you know, extraordinary. They worked very well together. And I've always admired Brian because Brian's a manager who created a very brilliant team on very little money. And he brought a lot of people in um, and, um, you know, he created opportunities. And for us on behind the scenes, it meant that people were, were starting to sit up and listen. Because when I first went to Leicester City Football Club, people were asking me why I was going there. Because it's not ambitious. It is always up and down. And, you know, people were just constantly being sold. Players were constantly being sold to keep the club alive. Well, I had a vision for the for the club off the field. And, uh, you know, to me, this was the start of the vision. Getting things done, making things happen and getting people to come back to the club and enjoy what we were hoping to achieve longer term. And that was good football, uh, good results and a good club. And as Gary said, the Premiership. Which is what we did. Right, I'm just going to uh, bring in Matthew now. I think he's ready to come in now. I think we, we all know Matthew, don't we? We've all... You all right, Matthew? How are you? Evening. How is everyone? Good. How are you? You all good? Yeah, good. Thank you. Right, uh, I've just I've just brought you in because you're, you're sitting there waiting. Just want to ask Gary one more thing before we go on to about the book. The Derby game, I know you were injured on the Derby game, but didn't you do the radio commentary and you got a bit excited to, uh, on the final whistle, didn't you, on the, the playoff game? Oh, he's gone. Gary, can you hear me? Hold on, Matthew. One second. Let me just drop you out a second, Matthew. Okay. Hold on a minute. Now. Can, you hear, can you hear me now? Lost you again, then. Uh, can you hear me now, though? Sorry. Are you there, Gary? Moving, Barry. Are you there, Gary? I can hear you there, yeah. yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear yeah, you, I'll Barry, just... Bring... Yeah. Can, can you hear me now, as well? Yeah, yeah. Then you keep cutting ah, right. out, but yeah, go on. Right. Um, I was just going to say, you, you didn't play in the derby final. You were saying you get rather emotional about things. In the derby final, you did the co-commentary on the radio, didn't you? And you got a bit excited at the end of the game, didn't you? From what I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from, from the back of the commentary box, I you think, got a little bit I think, excited. I think, Jeff Peters had to, I think Jeff Peters had to check his life insurance. Well, just I went. Uh, no, it was just look like I say right from the right from the Blackburn game, you know, through to the Derby game and that late winner from Walshy. Uh, and Walshy, we used to travel in together every day. You know why I was why I was at Leicester. It was uh, and that was an experience on its own. You know we got on great. Um, 
but I knew what he'd been through injury-wise and, and I knew what the club had been through because obviously I was a massive part of it and what we were going through. And, you know, when that goal went in, um, that was it. I just knew we were, we were going up that year. And, you know, I, I, although I played my part that year, I couldn't play because of injury. I was given the opportunity to go on the radio and I got a little bit excited for, for many reasons. Um, <laughs> And so, I sh- and so I should, and so I should, you know. Uh, I've got a copy of that, actually. I've got a copy at home of that Have you radio commentary. Yeah. <laughs> so Do you often sit back it. and listen to it? And when you need to relax, you if, sit back and listen to it and try and chill out a bit? No, it's, lo- it's, it's lovely. And, and, you know, I was so pleased for Walsh as well, you know, um, yeah. in, in scoring that goal and scoring that winner. Because I can't begin to tell you what, what he went through injury-wise. Uh, many a man wouldn't have wouldn't have even played that that day. Um, so to go and go and do that, what he'd done on the on the day, you know, all credit to him. But uh, certainly for the football club, what we'd been through, the two losses uh, at Wembley, to go and, and win at Wembley the third time, um, and you know, not only did I do the radio, but the the Brian, the manager, the gaffer, asked me to lead the team out, uh, and even now. I could shed a tear to that because it takes some manager to 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 do that. You know, he'd got his coaching staff as well. Um, he could have asked anybody, but he asked me, and I think it just tells tells me what what he thought of me. You know, what at the time and what I done to help the club even get there. So, um, you know, I've always thanked him for that, and it was a special time for me. Good, good. Right, I'm going to bring Matthew in now, Gary. So it might break up a little bit. So you might just hear us a little bit. I'm going to bring Matthew in and get him in and talk about this book he's done about Barry. He's been waiting for a few minutes now. So if it breaks up, don't worry. We'll bring you back in in a second. You all right, Matthew? Yes, yeah. Right. You You and Barry now can take the stage and tell us what this new book's all about. I'm sure you and Barry have got some interesting conversations and stories to tell us about the new book. So go on then, Matthew. You start us off. So there is a new book coming out. Uh, it's called Minding My Own Football Business, and it's the inside story of Leicester City's success in the 90s. Um, it's, it's, it's written not just from Barry's point of view, um, but it's from the view of around 40 different contributors. So we've got former directors, we've got former Leicester City employees, we have uh, fans uh, from the time, we have uh, journalists, people like Peters, um, we've got players or former players, people like Gary Mills, Steve Walsh, Emil Heskey. We've got former managers as well who have all contributed to the book. And it's 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 a book of two halves, to use a cliche. Um, <laughs> half is, is what happened on the pitch during that season. The second half takes one of the off-field initiatives um, and explores in a bit more detail why that happened. So how was the money raised to finance the Carling Stand? Uh, that's one chapter, Family Night Football, and how that came about um, and how successful that was is another chapter. Um, there's chapters about the flotation of the stock market, um, Fox Leisure, um, and, and then there's also the, um, the, the, the sort of the, the end, the final, the final chapter for Barry at Leicester City. Um, it's, it's not just about, uh, it's not just a book for football. It's a book about the business. It's a book about what it means to be a football fan, um, what it was like to experience those those glorious days of the 90s. 
Okay, and uh, Barry, what was your part in it? You must have you must have had a few stories about it to tell. Well, my part basically was that Matthew approached me to see if I would do the, the book, and I said to Matthew, um, I think he asked me why I hadn't done it before now. I said to him, well, I've never had the time. I've always been too busy. Um, and he said, he says, I've been looking into your background and looking into your time there, and uh, you have a story to tell. I said, do I? I'm sure I have. And um, he said, um, would you like me to do a book on your time there? I said, well, you can do it on two conditions. One is I'm not going to slag anybody off or I'm not going to you know, rip anybody to shreds because that's not what I'm into. And the second thing is I didn't want to Barry Pierpoint Appreciation Society. And also <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted lots of contributors to talk about their story because it's not just about one person. It's about lots of people who were around in the 90s who made that club successful. It isn't just about me, it's about everybody who was either there, part of the club, worked there, played for it, was a director or even a fan. It's, it's a whole range of people and that's what we've got in that book. Different people telling their stories, telling their, um, their tales, telling their sort of what happened when they were there. Things of interest, things factual, things funny, things humorous some naughty things in there, and even some controversial things in there. So it's got a bit of everything for everybody. Talking of naughty that? things, talking of naughty things, Keith Goddall has asked, is there a chapter on the Foxy Ladies cheerleaders? Because I remember them very well, Matthew. And is there a yeah. chapter on them? There's not a whole chapter on them, but they do get a mention, and there are some photos of cheerleaders in the book as well. Oh, that's good. So you've, you've literally covered everything from the 90s then, have you? Yeah. It, 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 there's even things like, do you remember the beanbag? The what? The beanback. So. Oh yes, from the Knotts. Was it Knotts Forest game? Yeah, with big, big projector in the middle of the pitch, and fans yeah, yeah. Carlin stand to watch it. It's got that in it. Um, it's got that in it as well. Basically, all the off-field activities that that Barry and his team introduced um, to to generate the money, really, that that helped um, support the work that Brian, uh, Mark McGee, and Martin O'Neill uh, did on the pitch. That's good. And you say Gary took part. Gary had you interviewed Gary for it as well, didn't you? Yeah, Gary's contributed. Uh, contributed Did, to the book. Gary, can you hear me? Hold on a minute. I think we're struggling with this. Hold on, Matthew. Gary, did you contributed to the book? Yes, you you got interviewed, but oh, he's gone now. I think we're having problems with his um, with his internet out there. So. Whereabouts can people find this book then, Matthew? Is it out on sale yet or is it out next week or is it out already? Yeah, the book is uh, it's being released on the 1st of December next week, um, but it's available to pre-order um, at the moment at www.mindingmyownfootballbusiness.co.uk um, and there's a 20% discount for pre-orders. So any orders that are received uh, before the 1st of December um, it's at just £12. Um, oh, and also have it signed by Barry as well. You can request a message. Keith just bought one. So whether he's bought it online, I'm not sure where he's bought it from. But he's is it, So will we be able to buy it in shops? As, oh, if the shops are open next week, we never know, no, do we? Yeah, um, the, the plan is it, it will be available in bookshops, but there's a few issues at the moment with obviously the COVID restrictions. Yes, of course, of course. Gary, can you hear me now? No, he can't hear me, unfortunately. Sorry, Gary, I can't hear you. Um, that's, that's my next question I was going to ask. 
Um, so, Barry, so what are you actually doing now? Now you've, I mean, are you still in football or have you actually, what, what, what are you doing in life? Well, I'm doing lots of things in life. I'm, I'm basically a management consultant now. I work for different companies. Um, I do quite a lot of charitable work as well. And I also, um, you know, do a lot of coaching and mentoring um, graduate students on trying to get jobs and recruiting, you know, to, to give them uh, help with techniques and interview techniques and helping them to find work and helping them to put good CVs together. So I do lots of things. I'm a business consultant, do a bit of charity work, and I help the youngsters to get jobs. Can you oh, put books good. in envelopes as well at the minute? <laughs> Can you put books in envelopes at the minute? I'm stuffing loads of books in envelopes because they're going out thick and fast, yes. That's good. That's what you want, isn't it? Um, Kaysen's asked a good question, Matthew. How long did it take you to put the book together? So it's just about a year uh, to pull it together, but it's not just, um, the other thing I should mention, it's not just words, there's, it's, there's full colour throughout, lots of photographs as well. So it really is a, a nostalgic uh, trip for Leicester fans. I've got, um, I don't know if people can see, um, so there's pictures there about the carling stand showing the various stages when that was built, um, newspaper articles um, about the story when, Barry organised a, uh, I think Gary will remember this, but organised a do for Leicester City's centenary year and uh, decided to invite special guests Alec Hurricane Higgins and George Best. Um, and the night ended with Alec uh, Higgins getting arrested. Um, but there's, there's lots of those kind of stories. So some will evoke uh, fond memories from the past. Some of the stories uh, will, will be new to people. I think Barry uh, said that from reading it, he's learned a lot, even though he, he lived those 10 years. I think it's certainly something that I'm going to... I'm not a big book reader, but I think certainly that's going to interest me reading all the stories. I do like listening to stories, uh, listening to stories, so reading stories like that. And I do like the history of Leicester. So I think I'll be going online in a bit and uh, ordering one. As long as you deliver to Spain, you'll have to put the Spanish, because I live in Spain, by the way. You'll have to put... Um, Extra stamp on my book, Barry, if it comes to me. If you get a Spanish address, you'll have to put an extra stamp on. We've sent them all over the world because people have, have ordered you? them from all over the world. So if you're in Spain, that's local to us. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Right, Barry, uh, Matthew, thanks a lot. I'm just going to drop you out so I can have a couple more words with Gary before he goes because I think he's been a bit quiet the last few minutes. So cheers, yeah, Matthew, for ex- cheers thanks, Matthew for coming to explain what the book's all about and thanks a lot and uh hopefully mine will be in the post soon when i order it tomorrow definitely enjoy the read cheers matthew thank you gary are you there can you hear me now Um, is it can you hear me gary are you still there i'm here but it's a bit of a nightmare to be honest oh no some internet in the uk is a bit of a nightmare well, just talking about Matthew then, about the book, and he said that you you contributed to the book as well. Was there, is there any stories did, yes. you can tell us what you put in? Is there any stories you can tell us what you put in? Or have we got to wait and read them? Wait and read them, Gary. No. <laughs> <I> think... <laughs> all, all I can say is, you know, myself and myself and Barry, right from the word go, we sort of hit it off, really. We... We got on really well and, you know, and and the reason I think we did, I think, you know, Barry just sort of come in and it's right at the the same time sort of around and 
everything just seemed to happen, you know, and whether that was on the field or off the field, because that's important as well. And, you know, um, Barry's contribution round then was, was, was fantastic. And it always seemed to be done with humour as well, though, you know, which, you know, it wasn't over, it wasn't over serious. We, we laughed, but we worked hard, you know, and, and Barry worked hard, but we'd done it with a smile on our faces. And, and I, and I think that's that's massive, you know. It, um, there was no pressure put on anybody. We all we all sort of helped each other, uh, you know. If Barry asked me to do something for him, then I'd I'd do it because that's part of my job as well. And um, I just think, you know, his, his Barry's contribution to to that time and and helping us, you know, he played his part in helping us get to those Wembley finals and. You know, he's, he's bringing the likes of Rusty Rusty Lee line up. You know, she was bigger. <laughs> oh than, yes, I remember bigger. Rusty Lee. Yes, forgot all about yeah. her. Yeah. You know. So uh, how did you know so Rusty Lee then, Barry? How did you get to know Rusty Lee? She came to Stevie Walsh's testimonial with, along with uh, Chris Evans and Gaza and a few others. And so I thought, well, why are these people here? I'll get to know them, and I did. And. Uh, she became quite a follower of Leicester City because she liked the club. It was a very friendly club. And as Gary will tell you, we, everybody liked coming to Leicester because we were friendly. We were very good with people. We looked after people. Our hospitality was first class. Uh, you know, we were really make sure people made welcome. And we were known for that. And that's one of the things I, I pride myself on, that the, the club, you know, gave people um, a good experience, looked after them. There's one question here, Gary. This is a question for you, Gary. I'm not sure whether this has got to be true. Did you and Walsh used to beat, beat each other up with twigs before a match? And who cried first? <laughs> that beat up with twigs off branches and stuff like that. You and Walsh used to beat each other up with twigs and branches before a match. Is that right? Or is that just a, a rumour? <laughs> there was only one winner if we did. Uh, let me guess, me. Walsh. Yeah. And it wasn't me. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one before. I don't know where Keith has. I don't know where Keith has got that one from. But yeah, it was brilliant. Um, also, one last one. Your trip to Seattle. How did that come about? Because you went on loan there, didn't you? Uh, uh, when I was at, when I was at Forest. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just you know it was at a time. Alan Hinton used to play for, for Brian Clough at Derby. He was the manager at Seattle and it was very a very English side. We had Alan Hudson played there, Steve Daly, Roger Davis, to name to name just a few. Um, and myself and Peter Ward were asked if we'd like to go over. I was only 20. Um, you know, I'd had a, an unbelievable start to my career between 16 and, and 20. So I'd won the two European Cups by the time I was 18. And then next thing I was off to, to, to America, which was, you know, something I'd seen on the TV with, with Pelly playing there and, and Trevor Francis, who obviously I played with. And yeah, so I went over to, to Seattle for the first season. We, we got to the soccer ball final against New York Cosmos and 1-0, unfortunately, in the final, playing against Carlos Alberto, you know, who I'd seen playing in the World Cup for... For Brazil, and I managed to get his shirt as well. And you know, it was, it was a shame we lost in the in the final. And then I come back and I went out on loan um, to to Derby County for six months. 
with an agreement I was going to go back the second year. So I went back to Seattle the second year and unfortunately the third game of the season, uh, Dave Watson, who used to play for Sunderland in England, um, I had a collision with him and broke my leg really bad, uh, which put me out of the game for for just under a year. So, you know, but great times in Seattle, great times in Seattle. But people always thought that I'd left Forest to go and sign for them. It was it was just a, a season-long deal, you know, to, to Seattle, and I'd come back and then it was another season-long you know, things. I'm, I'm actually writing a book myself, and... Uh, so it's not as simple as that. So there's a few other things that went off during that time. Um, <laughs> but, but we'd be here all night if we were going to talk about that. But it was a, it was a happy time. And I, met, I made some great friends. Kenny Hibbert, who was there from, you know, some great players who, who I played with and against. So it was a great experience. Barry, Judy Ann's just must be a bit of a latecomer. Can you explain again what the book's called, what the name of the book is and what it's called again, just to the latecomers that have come on? It's called Mending My Own Football Business. And the reason I called it that was because people used to say, or some people used to say that I was constantly interfering with the football team or trying to run the football team. And that's not true because if you ask Brian Little and Mark McGee, they'll tell you I worked alongside them and together with them. I have no intention of running a football team because I wouldn't know what the first thing to do with a football team, even if I had them. So I, my job was the business side. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a marketing guy. I'm a guy who generates revenues and profitability to make the football team have extra cash to do. So I did it for that particular reason so that uh, people know that I don't interfere and I never interfere with anybody in that. Then. And basically, my job was there to uh, you know develop the business side. Simple as that. Right. Casey's, Casey's asked a, a question. What was the hardest moment while you're at Leicester, Barry? Was it towards the end? Because it, it went a bit sour towards the end, didn't it? Well, let me say this. I had uh, eight years and about five or six months of what I call very successful and enjoyable time. I had four months of um, problems with people in the club who were... Uh, devious, uh, mischievous, disruptive, and also troublemakers who would create a lot of problems, not only for myself, but one or two of the other directors as well. Um, and they was one or two directors and some of the senior people there. Um, and that was sad because it spilled over into the media and the media then created a situation that was unstoppable by, uh, first of all, creating a gang of four was never a gang of four of anybody there was four directors who were left in a boardroom when three people walked out two resigned and one walked out and we had the job of carrying on running the business of the football club and i was the chief executive and my job of, of a plc company at the time is to make sure that business runs with corporate um responsibility and making sure that running it properly because we were responsible to the stock market and the shareholders when we floated the club in 97. So basically, um, you know, there was never a gang of four. There were four people left holding the baby who had to work together and put the club back on, on track. 
but one or two people decided to take it further and put it into the media and the media then had a field day in creating a problem for Barry Pierpoint and three other directors and one or two other people, which I think is totally unfair. And it's not typical media, that, isn't it? Typical well, media. I, I spent a lot of time talking to the media, but what I told them and what I went through with them, explained to them, was never printed. I, I, had, no. I, I read some of the things in the media that... Uh, I don't know how they've managed to get this information because I certainly didn't say some of the things that they, they quoted me and I didn't really understand some of the things they were, uh, you know, talking about. But anyway, that's history. Um, it was the boardroom problem and it should never have gone out into the public domain and it should have been sorted out, resolved. Personally, the three of the other directors and myself tried to resolve it, but the other two directors who resigned and walked out didn't want to. And basically they wanted to cause a problem for the four of us. And that's how it all got out of control. Well, I think you've made a new fan there, Barry. Thanks to Barry and Gary for their time. Barry and Gary sounds like sounds like a regular show and they should, they should start together. Yeah, you two should start a show together on the internet. That'd be fantastic. The Barry well, and Gary I'm... show. I've always got on with Gary Mills, and Gary Mills to me is a gentleman. Uh, Gary, Barry, Gary and Barry, if you don't mind. Please. Yeah, well, <laughs> you have Gary, Gazza and Bazza. And uh, <laughs> we got on well together because Gary and I have a lot of respect for each other, and uh, he's a gentleman, uh, and he's quite, quite, you know, quite a decent guy to, to work with. And, uh, you know, we, we saw eye to eye on lots of things, and we work very well together. And Gary's always been very there, there to help. Uh, the, the commercial side and uh, I've always been there to help the, the football side and that's what it's all about it's teamwork it's working together and I enjoyed my time there and it was a privilege and a pleasure and an honour to work for Leicester City despite the fact I'd got I'd been uh, uh, approached by Derby County Coventry City and Luton Town all to go and join their football clubs to make them better and bigger I stayed put and stayed at Leicester simple as that one last question, Gary, before we go. I've been asked twice. Are you still at Corby Town? Sorry, I missed that. Are you still at Corby? Or have you uh, are you still managing at Corby Town or have you moved on? No, I'm still there. <clears throat> still there. No, I'm, I'm And still, is it I'm still there. So you, said there, say, you know, because we get a bit older now and, and, and stuff and my five years at Leicester were at my five years at Leicester were absolutely tremendous. I loved, I loved every minute from start to finish. Um, you know, it was sad when I left. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to leave, but that's that's by the by. And it was a fantastic, fantastic football club. Love my football, and I, and I think like Barry, I think yeah. when you're in football, we for different reasons. I was a player. Uh, you know, Barry was a chief executive. And, and you know you, we all have a, a job to do and when you leave a football club you have to leave your head out eye and I think myself and Barry can can say we both can do that um, yeah yeah because that that's what it's that's 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 what it's all about and what a fantastic what a fantastic football club I, I love it to death I still you know watch them now with with pride and 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 hopefully they can do it again this year and win oh, that, yeah. that Premier that would be, yeah. be lovely. But just a yeah. big thank you, because it was a fantastic time for me. Well, it's been much appreciated, you being on, Gary. Like I said to you before, I was a little bit nervous, but 
you're just like a normal bloke. I was expecting, I don't know what I was expecting. All these ex-players, I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm ever so nervous, but you're just a no, it's, it's been absolutely fantastic. It really has speaking to you. I've loved every minute Thank of it. You. Much appreciated for your time tonight, Gary. Barry, same to you, pal. Thanks a lot for joining us and talking to you about the book. It's been much appreciated. I'm definitely going to buy it. So if you get a, an envelope with Spain on it, make sure you put that double stamp on or else it won't get here. Don't you worry. I will. I'll look after you. <laughs> all right, then. I'll, uh, I'm going to knock you both off. Cheers, all. Thank you for thank you for both joining tonight. It's been much appreciated. See you later, Gary. See you later, Barry. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you. God See bless. See you later, Barry. Bye -bye. Thank you. And hold on. And Matthew, still waiting there. Cheers, Matthew. Good night, all. Thank you. Much appreciated for your, your stories about the book. Hope you're going to write a new one soon. We will see. There's a what if an alternative history of Leicester City is is still available as well. If anyone's interested in that alternative history, oh, that sounds good. Yeah. I might have to do a double bubble order. As well, because we like an offer. So uh, if if you buy Minding My Own Football Business, you can buy what if for just ten pounds. So it's all on the Ooh. same. Oh, and just one more. What was the uh, email address to buy the book again, Matthew? Uh, the website is. MindingMyOwnFootballBusiness.co.uk Rightio. Much appreciated, Matthew. And uh, we'll speak to you again. And like I say, my order will be in the post. Well, not in the post. Online tomorrow. So make sure it's for, make sure Barry puts it in the envelope for me tomorrow. It's done. No problem. <laughs> Cheers, Matthew. Thank you. Well, there we go. Fox's Tales with uh, Barry, Gary and Matthew. That sounds a bit of a joke there. There was a Barry, Gary and Matthew. But no, it was, it was much. I was nervous at the beginning. Absolutely brilliant. So thank you for watching. Good night, everyone. See you again soon. Welcome to Leicester Fan TV. With special thanks to our pals at ADT Taxis, Eatman, Piglet's Pantry, Tiger, Leicester Garage Conversions, Pink Vehicle Leasing, Hologram, The Fox's Arms, Moyer Weight Interiors, and our chosen charity, Memphis UK. We bring you the fans' views on the match each week, and your views matter to us. Join the fans' debate each match with us. Follow us at LeicesterFanTV. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.